When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's so funny? Why, Friday Follies, of course, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. (laughs) The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hi, and welcome to Bells in the Battery. I'm John Bell, your genial host. And before I proceed with this episode, I need to give you a few facts to put things in perspective. First of all, this is being recorded in early January 2018. Next, I live in the southern United States, which is generally known for being sunny and warm and things like that. But recently, we've been in a deep freeze, below freezing. I know, you in the north, you're saying, so what's the big deal? It just ain't supposed to be like this in the south. Next fact, my father was a politician a lawyer, and an orator. When he spoke, he held the audience in his hand. In his only hand. He only had one hand due to the fact that he was a World War II veteran in the Army Air Corps. But I digress. When we were kids, my dad would read us poetry. Two of his favorites to read to us were Casey at the Bat, which my sister can still recite by heart, and The Cremation of Sam McGee. Dad would put such drama into this Robert W. Service classic that it held us enthralled. I would like to, at this time, recite the cremation of Sam McGee in the style of my father. Although, admittedly, I had the advantage of music and sound effects. If you're not familiar with this poem, once you hear it, you'll understand the relationship between this poem and the freezing temperatures in the South. Okay, Robert W. Service's The Cremation of Sam McGee There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge. I cremated Sam McGee. Now Sam McGee was from Tennessee where the cotton blooms and blows. Why he left his home in the south to roam round the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell. Though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell On a Christmas day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold. Through the parka's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes we'd close, then the lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see. It wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. 
And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed, and the stars o'erhead were dancing heel to toe, he turned to me and, Cap, says he, I'll cash in this trip, I guess, and if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no. Then he says with a sort of moan, It's the cursed cold, and it's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. Yet tain't being dead. It's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that foul or fair, you'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started out on the streak of dawn, but God, he looked ghostly pale. He crouched on the sleigh, and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath in that land of death, and I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, You may tax your brawn and brains, but you promise me true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb in my heart, how I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies round in a ring howled out their woes to the homeless snows... Oh, God, how I loathed the thing. And every day that quiet clay seemed to heavy and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad, and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing. And it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake LaBarge, and a derelict there lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum. Then, here, said I, with a sudden cry, is my crematorium. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around and I keeped the fuel higher. The flames just soared and the furnace roared. Such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal and I stuffed in Sam McGee. That I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the husk 
Southeast howled, and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold, but the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why. And the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out and they danced about ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. I guess he's cooked, and it's time I looked. And then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the heat of the furnace roar, and he wore a smile you could see a mile, and he said, Please close that door! It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge. I cremated Sam McGee. That was uh, quite interesting there, Mr. Bell. Brad, I didn't know you were... Yes, quite interesting. And Arnie were in here. So that's the way your dad would read the poetry, huh? Well, yeah, I mean... And he was a lawyer? Yes. Did he win any cases? Now, what are you... When he talked to a jury, did he overact like you did? Overact? Now, wait a... But I gotta admit, the story was very heartwarming. And liverwarming. And spleenwarming. Yes, yes, yes. And you say your dad was a politician? Yes, he was a politician. Did he ever get... You know, like, elected or anything? Yes, in fact, he was governor. Yes, yes, that's very interesting. But, Mr. Bell, why didn't you do the rest of the poem? The rest of the poem? Oh, you didn't know there was more? I didn't know there was more. Anybody that's smart knows there was more. Yeah, I knew there was more. What are you talking about, Brad? When Robert Q. Service, W-whatever, submitted this poem to the publisher, he wrote what you just read on the front of the piece of paper. But a lot of people don't realize he continued it on the back of the piece of paper. Uh-huh. And anybody that has a copy of this rare poem is certain to make a fortune when it gets published. And, and you, you just, just happen, happen to, to have... have the only known copy of that manuscript, yes. I suppose you'll want to read it. Well, of course. I'd want whoever the highest bidder turns out to be to know what they're getting. I guess there's no way to avoid this. You know, that's for sure. I'll need your help. Mr. Bell, I need you to do the voice of Sam McGee. All right, if I have to. And Arnie, I have another voice for you. I'll cue you when I need you to do it. I got a bad feeling about this. Okay, Mr. Bell, cue that music you use for uh, your thing there. All right. Okay, thank you. Okay. Sam McGee, they say, had a fiancé, a gal named Jeannie O'Prowell. She was a true beauty who knew her duty and never threw in the towel. She managed a boxer? It's an expression. Don't interrupt him, Arnie. I think this is going to be long enough as it is. Where was I? Oh, 
Her man was late. She did not wait, since she was to be his bride. Wherever he'd be, she'd find Sam McGee and always be by his side. Still sounds like he's managing a boxer to me. Shh. She set out on her task, a flight to Alaska, place to rent a sled. Then in a rush, she hollered out. This is your line, Arnie. What? What? Right right there, sir. You mean I'm the girl? Yes, you're the fiancé. Why do you keep typecasting me? Come on, Arnie, just do it. Let's get this over with. Oh, all right. Give me the line again. Uh, she said on a task of flight to Alaska, please. Then in a rush, she hollered out. Mush. And over the snow, she fled. You'll pay for this, Brad. On her long, frigid ride, she needed no guide, nor the stars that twinkled above. She rode straight through on a course that was true, following the beacon made up of her love. Ah, that's rather sweet, Brad. Yeah, sappy cells, the chicks will eat it up. Uh, your line's coming up in just a second, Mr. Bell. Keep an eye on your script. She arrived at the marge of Lake Labarge, where a smoldering derelict lay. She threw open the door, and there on the floor, McGee looked up and said, Hey, what a surprise. You're a sight for sore eyes, but as you enter, I ask of you, please. It may sound trite, but shut the door tight. You're letting in a breeze. You kind of hillbilly him up there a bit? Maybe a little. As they hugged in the smoke, Miss Jeannie spoke. Miss Jeannie spoke. I've come to take you home. Sam said, I'm too beat. I've had nothing to eat, and I'll freeze if I try to roam. She said, You'll come with me to Tennessee, because here is what I'll do. I have food you can eat. Then I'll give you a treat that will heat you up through and through. Does that mean what I think it means? It's romantic, Arnie. I don't think I like this. Keep going, Brad. On a scale, my friend, of one to ten, a fifty is the rating she got. With a face so fair and flaming red hair, she was totally smoking hot. I think that term may be anachronistic. No, it's American. She served a meal that was grand, that she cooked in her hand. Then she warmed him from head to toe. That's it, I'm out of here. Come on, Arnie, there can't be that much more. The door she threw wide and dragged him outside and said, It's time to go. With love unabated, her heat radiated, melting his heart and the snow. For ten yards around, no ice could be found, just Jeannie and her heart-warmed bow. Like a bow tie? B-E-A-U, not B-O-W. That would be bow. Can I smack him, Mr. Bow? After you're done. And so they trod on de-iced sod till they got back to Tennessee. And for the rest of his life, Thanks to his wife, Sam McGee was as warm as could be. Well, Brad, parts of that were fairly romantic and... Not quite done, got an epilogue. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for naught. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run hot. The northern lights have seen warm sights, but the warmest they ever did see was the steam Jeannie made while walking unafraid, rescuing Sam McGee.
Are you done now? Yep, I'm gonna put this right on eBay. Soon as I slap Arnie silly. Come here, you. Bring it on, Brad. Bring it on. You have been listening to Bells in the Bat Free, episode 180, copyright 2018, by John Bell Creative, LLC. Running starts at $10,000. Happy New Year, everybody. Think of all the things that cause you stress every day. Traffic. The office. The family. All this stress causes headache pain. When you feel a stress headache coming on, reach for new, improved Calmofed. But aspirin upsets my stomach. Don't worry. There's no aspirin in Calmofed. And caffeine makes me jittery. No problem. There's no caffeine in Calmofed either. I just don't trust all those buffers and extra ingredients. Chill out, you big weenie. Huh? There are no artificial ingredients or chemicals in Calmofed. Okay? Oh, okay. Give it here. I'll try some. Uh, let me pull out the cotton and... Hey, hey, the cotton's the only thing in the bottle. That's right. Just stick it in your ears. Oh, okay. Now the stress that causes headaches is gone. Isn't that right, you paranoid wimp? What? Calmofed. Absolutely no artificial ingredients. Mm-hmm. No harmful ingredients. No ingredients at all. What? Use only as directed. Do not use in the path of heavy machinery. Calmofed. Don't you feel calmer already?